0: Hello and welcome to Monarchast. We're back with our special series on scandals and fun gossip during a stressful time. I'm Claire. And I'm Allie. And this is week I've lost count (laughs) of staying at home. We didn't have an episode last week, so I hope nobody was looking for that. I feel terrible, but I think. I'm just going to say it's going to be next to impossible for us to keep a consistent schedule through this, just with working from home and trying to manage our mental health and physical health and timing grocery shopping and all of that. So um, I know. I felt so bad. I was like, you would think we would have all this time. Be like, oh, I'm just home. I can
1: just do all this. And then last week I was like, I, I, can't, I can't do this this
0: week. <laughs> And is this airing, this is going to air next week, or is it yeah, going to air? Yeah, so we'll
1: have had a two-week gap at that point.
0: Yeah, it, so yeah. We're, really it's two weeks, so yeah. we, might, we might go every other week, we might, you might get three episodes in a row, I, I don't know, I guess the point I'm trying to make is we're like everybody else, we're just figuring it out day yeah. by day.
1: I, um, I, was, I was kind of laughing at our schedule because I was like, this is exactly how i approached literally everything during this time. It's like I'm like really gung-ho at first, so I'm like, boom, boom. Like we got two episodes right out of the gate, and then you like hit a wall, and you're like, maybe I don't need to do this right now. <laughs>
0: Pretty much, yeah.
1: <laughs> so then you're like, okay, maybe I do it every now and then. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll stick to like an every other week schedule just for sanity's sake. Um, and I know everyone is probably inundated with content right now. So. Yeah,
0: and, and I hope everyone's staying healthy and safe and uh, trying to stay positive. It's, I said to someone the other day, I said, I feel like every time I talk to somebody, I get bad news. So it, that can wear on you after a while. So again, our hope is to just be a distraction from the everyday. We'll talk about the things that went wrong for people who have charmed lives. So... Um, the stakes are never as high as they are for the rest of us, so sometimes it's nice to dip in and see. Although, maybe some of our series, like, Deposed monarchs, the stakes are pretty high. <laughs>
1: but, it's true, and I, I was kind of going back and forth, like, do I feel bad, like, bringing up past gossip about someone's, like, maybe events in someone's past that they would prefer not to have, like, brought up again. But at the same time, it's like, well, this is ancient history at this point, and I don't know. It's not like it's, we're using it for, like, entertainment per se, but, like, it's more like distraction, and I'm hoping we're not going down the wrong,
0: like, message with this, but, um. They're public figures, and no one's going to listen to this anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of gossip, we should catch up because I think the last time we did an episode, we had some gossip about Harry and Meghan and the name of their foundation had come out, and we had joked that by the next time we recorded, there'd be more gossip to talk about because they are the gift that keeps on giving, and I'm happy to report that that's true. (laughs) Um, This one's a little interesting, so I'm really curious about your take about this. So um, this past week, Harry and Meghan sent a letter to four of the British tabloids. So these aren't... So I think I have to take a step back here. So the press in Great Britain doesn't really operate the way it operates in the United States. Like the tabloid press in the United States is very celebrity friendly. Uh, Certainly publications like People Magazine are working in tandem with celebrities, Um, If you read a story in People Magazine, that is absolutely publicist-sanctioned. There's, like, lower-tier tabloids where they're just making stuff up, like alien babies and all of that sort of thing. But in in the United Kingdom, it tends to be those kinds of tabloids exist. And then there's, like, the daily papers that have a tabloid-heavy side but also have hard news and then you have papers that would, I guess, be more equivalent to, like, the New York Times and what have you. So the papers they sent this to were things like the Daily Mail. Um, I forget what the other three were. Like the, the Sun. Stock, the Sun. The Mirror. Yeah, those kind of newsy tabloids. And the ones that have run the most egregious stories about Megan. So they sent a letter, basically, to them saying we're no longer going to cooperate with you, Um, you're cut off, which, and I'm heavily paraphrasing here, um, but that letter did become public. So it was kind of interesting because they'd already said that they were no longer participating in the Royal Rota, which is like the royal press pool, which tends to come from those papers most heavily, so it was sort of like in some corners it was like the equivalent of saying I'm not speaking to you anymore and then following it up a week later and saying I'm still not speaking to you. Then of course there's the court case which is ongoing and had um, some hearings or it was underway the same, in the same time frame as this came out. So then there's the question of was this some kind of legal strategy who knows? Um, but it did sort of come out at, during a time when people might say that it was ill-timed. So I guess that's my question to you. Did you think it was ill-timed? Do you think there's ever a good time to send a letter like that? Did you think it was unnecessary? Or did you think it was perfectly reasonable and made sense? Because I, I, I don't know. I I, I don't really know what I would have done in that situation.
1: Well, I don't think there's much point to the letter because, as you say, like they've already kind of made their position clear and have communicated to the papers that they aren't participating in the system. So, to me, the only reason they would need to do that would be some sort of legal requirement. So, like, timing, whatever, like, reason, kind of all goes out the window if, like, that's something that you just have to do. And, of course, if it's a legal related thing like you definitely have to make it public so like to prove that you did it I don't know I everyone was like oh why did they do this, this is such a bad look and honestly like I kind of read it and I was like who cares like clearly this is something they felt they had to do so there's probably a reason why they did it they've, yeah it's just a repeat of everything that they said and that was published on their website
0: yeah I just it like you say it was almost more of like the official reiteration of what they've been saying all along The interesting twist to that is that um, Queen Elizabeth turned 94 this past week and um, after that letter was sent out, a press release was sent out not to those four newspapers, essentially announcing that Harry and Meghan had FaceTimed with the Queen For her birthday. And the reason I say a press release went out is because this news item hit several um, publications at once with very, very similar wording, which leads me to believe that it was a press release. uh, Because that's how those work. And if if you're not sure how a press release works, it's generally, in, in these days, an email. Your publicist blasts it to all of the publications that they hope will cover it. You provide a write up that's very stylized. And then those. Publications will just pick and choose and borrow from the press release to create their story. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting where they say, we're not going to engage you four, you naughty papers. And then they follow that up with their own initiated engagement with the other publications. Um, so it, was, it almost seemed very pointed I don't I know. Almost,
1: I didn't find it that that like surprising, right? Because if they have sent notifications to the other papers that they won't be dealing with them and then they don't deal with them, it's like, okay, they did exactly what they said oh, they weren't no, going to do.
0: My point is that they've initiated press coverage on personal right, matters.
1: That's the only avenue they have available to them right now.
0: Okay, so I'm glad you said that. Because do you think that that's why they did that? Because they didn't have Instagram, they didn't have their website anymore, they don't have any sort of apparatus.
1: All of their public-facing communication tools have been taken away from them, because they were all associated with Royal, they're not allowed to use that anymore, and so clearly they either haven't created new accounts or don't want to create new accounts until they know how they want to be presented. Like I think they're not trying I think I would imagine they're trying not to get ahead of their own brand in terms of like creating an account. And it's probably kind of refreshing to say, okay, well we don't have a public facing Instagram right now, so we don't have to put the effort forward to like deal with all of everything that comes with that. But then when you have events like this, like the Queen's birthday is not a non event, especially like not even in the family, but also in the country. Like papers are going to be covering it. If if they don't have a way to show the public that they've participated in this event, then they have to do it whatever means are necessary. Because like, think about it, if like they had just remained silent, called the Queen, wished her happy birthday and gone about their day, but there's no news about whether they interacted. If you think about the press coverage that's been coming towards them like in the last month, few months, like what kind of story do you think is going to come out from that? Like an absence of news is going to be taken as proof that it didn't happen,
0: right. not
1: just proof that no one heard about it.
0: So the the calculus there is: is it better to engage the press and confirm that you did call your grandmother on her birthday, or ignore it and deal with the negative stories that would come out in the vacuum? Yeah, I mean, because like
1: in this case, at least if there's negative press around the fact that you used a press release to tell people you called your grandma, like, whatever negativity that comes from that at least was created on your own terms and is based in truth and isn't based in, you know, press and, like, endless breathless coverage by the Daily Mail about how Meghan forbade Harry from calling his grandma (laughs) on her birthday. You know, like, that's exactly the kind of story they would write. So, yeah, again, I just, like, I don't think right now they're in a great position in their public-facing like tools well, that are available I, to them.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because it does sort of feel like they are at a disadvantage right now because they don't have Instagram, they don't have a website, they don't have all of that. So they're almost relying so silly, on old right? school. Sorry
1: to, to say, but like I also want to call this out. Like It sounds silly to be like, oh, they don't have an Instagram, they're at a disadvantage, but they are. Like When you look at the current press field, like Instagram has become
0: the press in a way. right, right, but so, in the absence of that, what I was trying to say is that they are relying on the old school tactics that maybe Megan would be more familiar with, which is press releases, maybe setting up paparazzi photos, keep making sure you remain visible, doing you know showing you doing good, like visiting like delivering meals and all of that, walk walking your dogs, all of that that keeps you. Relevant in a positive fashion, so that when you launch your big initiative, it's not like you've been gone for months and people have one uh, and people have realized maybe they don't miss you because the thing about the tricky and this be, we've talked about this a lot the tricky business here is staying relevant on your own terms, but on your own gas so to speak. So when you remove the kind of engine of the royal family from behind you, you have to stay relevant on your own. Right. But you have to do so in a way that doesn't look more like celebrity than royalty. It's a very fine line. And I think. But they're going to I think we've seen the first taste of that. Like we'll send out a press release that we called grandma. That's innocuous. That's. That's. That's, like, most people probably didn't even blink. We'll get some photos of us out and about in L.A. wearing masks and doing good and, you know, being normal people. But it's not, like, so obviously set up that people will question it. Um, I I think it's smart. I'm glad you said that,
1: like, looking like normal people thing. Like, that's what they want, but that's also the risk to them because that's what makes them look like just celebrities, not special celebrities. So they they may not have set up some of those pap photos, but they definitely went places where they know the paparazzi hang out. Like, the paparazzi hang out by Griffith Park hoping to catch celebrities going hiking, right? Or wherever they were, the canyon, wherever they were, whatever. So, like, they know where they're going they're going to probably be seen they don't even have to try to set it up but that's also exposing themselves to this is the playbook of your run of the mill everyday celebrities that they are coming from a place where the royal family like obviously they don't want to be seen as just run of the mill celebrities they're different they're they're not they're not like of the public right they're somehow above the public like that's the mystique that they have to continue And Harry and Meghan now, by removing themselves from this, they get what they want in that they get to be normal people and maybe live a life. And, like, we've never seen until a few months ago them out hiking. You know, they were probably taking their walks through, like, the Royal Park or something that's, like, close to the public, you know? So, like... We haven't seen them out and about walking their dogs and doing these, quote, normal people things. But the risk to them is that the more we see them do these normal people things, the more normal they become. And then what are they cashing in on for their foundation, their charity work? Like, there's no platform anymore other than, like, you're just another rich, famous person.
0: Okay, yeah. No, I agree. It's, 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 it's tricky. It's It's a tricky balance that they're gonna to have to strike and to accomplish what they want.
1: I don't think moving to LA is gonna help them with that. I think that that puts them in an environment where they really just look like run-of-the-mill celebrities who live in LA.
0: Yeah, I mean, who knows? And no one knows if that's temporary or not. I mean, who knows? It's. I, I think we've said it a million times, and I'll say it again. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And I think this is a good way to segue to the more traditional royals who um, have been doing something that we've never seen before, which is Zoom calls. (laughs) Like everybody else. uh, It's it's the great equalizer. Speaking of looking like everybody else. Um, There's not much mystique to be cultivated over Zoom. No. You can push the filter (laughs) that makes you look better. I'm a big fan of that. Um, But that's basically all you can do. You still have bad lighting,
1: awkward positioning, two people crammed into one laptop frame. Like, nobody's going to look royal on a Zoom call.
0: Yeah. So I think uh, Kate and William, Sophie, Edward have definitely done it. Um, I don't know if we'll see the queen on a Zoom call. But um, I just thought it was kind of funny that that's how they're doing appearances, and, like, William opened a hospital over Zoom, and, um... At that point, isn't it, like, better to just forego
1: the royal formalities? Like, do you need William to open the hospital if the only way to do that is over Zoom? Like, all it does, I think, is, like, really call attention to the pointlessness of, like, the pomp and circumstance of their station, right? Like... I think William can open a hospital whether he's, like, physically there or not is kind of like, okay, but then why does it even matter if they try?
0: Well, I think that's the struggle everyone's going through with, right? It's like we have to just just pretend like life is normal, so let's call up a royal and have them attend this hospital opening because that's what we would normally do, except for he's not there. And all the people that are there are standing six feet apart, and the whole exercise seems kind of ridiculous when you could just open the hospital to no fanfare um but the whole idea is to get press and to raise funds and all of that so it is it is interesting to see how this like you say just cast a light on the ridiculousness of it of it all but I've just been enjoying the visuals um you know like the like flatness of the um camera on zoom And, like, Kate's hair does not look that great. And, like, Sophie is wearing a ponytail. And it's like, you know what? They really are a lot like us in that sense where you can only do so much with a laptop camera. Um,
1: And they they have to, unfortunately, like, they're not like us. We're like, I was thinking about this today because they had the video of them doing the clapping for the healthcare workers, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, they're dressed up for this. And mm-hmm. it's, like, nobody else is, like, putting on their best dress to go stand outside and clap. I, I Unfortunately, they have to.
0: It's, like, a dress code. It's, like, yeah. you're at work, so you have to dress up.
1: Life is, like, yeah, life is work. Like, it's, it's crazy. I was thinking about that, too, because they had the cute photos of Louis's birthday. And, like, he's literally playing with, like, finger paint and, like, wearing dress clothes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, with his hair perfectly on the kid or something. combed and all of that. Yeah, those were cute. So that's um, a more lighthearted item. Prince Louis is turning two. And so they released the photos like they normally do. Um, and very, very cute. He looks a lot like his siblings. They make cute kids, I would say. And I don't really have anything more to say about that. It was a cute, cute kid. Two um, photos. Cute yeah. photos. Yeah. Cute photos. Apparently, he was photographed doing stuff for awareness of the NHS or something. It was something pandemic-related. So, again, even that was utilized as, like, an engagement.
1: Well, that's what's so heartbreaking in a way, right? Is like, okay, Louis, we're going to take your second birthday photos, but they're going to be in service of, like, a public mm-hmm. engagement. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, they just Never really don't have anything
0: that isn't yep. fodder. It's, yep, that's your whole life. That's what Harry's trying to get away from. Um, and then the last piece I wanted to talk about is I wanted to ask you if you've seen the trailers for this new Hulu show called The Great. No. You haven't oh, Allie, you are going to be so excited. So there is a show coming to Hulu called The Great, which is about Catherine the Great, oh. Empress of Russia, and it is definitely satire – Um, It does seem to be based on her life story, but it's um, kind of like a caper, satirical, dramatic, funny telling of how she gets to Russia, and we haven't done Catherine the Great, so she's definitely on the list, so I don't want to talk about too much, but she was a German princess, she married the emperor of Russia, he was a complete disaster, she decided to get him out of the way, and become Empress herself, and she was successful at that, and is known as Catherine the Great, and this show is going to follow that journey, but it's a comedy, and I, I'm so glad I signed up for Hulu again, because um, I can't wait to watch it. I don't know exactly when it premieres. But I saw the trailer today, and it looks great. Oh, and it stars de, um, Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt.
1: Yeah, I think we did talk about her briefly in the Romanovs episode, and she set the precedent, or indirectly set the precedent, where um, I think males had to rule because her son hated her so much. Mm. So.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, Which ended up being the ruin of the Romanovs when the only male heir was a hemophiliac, so.
0: <laughs> Whoopsie. Be nice to your kids. You never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> so that's all I got for gossip. That was a long gossip session, but we did have two weeks to catch up. on. I was a little
1: on. surprised. I didn't think we'd have that much. Oh, well, we have two weeks to catch up on. So what can you do? Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna go back to back back of what back of ways. We're gonna we're gonna still talk gossip. This th- this subject today is like definitely a little. Um, It's definitely gossipy. It's like, you know, definitely these are true things that happen, but the stories are really based on some headlines that I kind of looked up. Um, I think I was telling you, I don't remember if I said it um, on the show, but I, you know, we're talking about historical gossip and, like, royals who've made headlines, and I always think of Princess Stephanie of Monaco because Mm. I have this, like, very clear memory of seeing some tabloid headline in the grocery store about her like dating her bodyguard and i always thought that was like so crazy that that happened in real life cuz like like let's be honest like that's the plot of like a romance novel right like um celebrity dates their like their staff or something and it was kind of strange so i was like we definitely need to talk about her i'm going to look into this a little bit more and it turns out that <laughs> She had a little more gossip headlines than just dating her bodyguard. So I thought we definitely should talk about Princess Stephanie of Monaco. And we haven't talked about Monaco. Um, they are one of the remaining active monarchs of Europe. Um, they're a principality. Um, so they're not major, but they do pop up in the news every now and then.
0: Um, and a principality is basically like your. Prince of a country the size of a city.
1: Yeah, I think it's basically you're just prince of like a or ruler of a really small area of land. Like I think that area of Europe has a handful of these. There's Monaco. There's Andorra. There's um, Luxembourg. Like Liechtenstein. Oh, Liechtenstein. Yeah. Luxembourg so there's Luxembourg? a few left, um, but yeah, it's just people who've had these like historical grants of territory, and they're ruled by. A minor ruler but they are not governing enough where they get the title of like king or queen because historically they probably were granted this land but in service to a king or queen like Monaco was probably given by the king of France or something.
0: And Monaco has retained its royal mystique partly due to the fact that Monte Carlo is a big or was at one point a big destination for the rich and famous to go gamble, play. Well, I think it still is. It be, it, um, I feel like more for Europeans. Like I think yeah. I think Americans used to do that maybe in like the fifties and the sixties, or I'm just associating that with Grace Kelly. I'm not really sure, but um, she probably
1: piqued some interest. Um, well, because sure. I'm thinking
0: of the movie To Catch a Thief.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, part of that. I think part of that takes place in Monaco, although I'd have to take I'd have to rewatch it to remember. But anyway, or I might just be thinking of it because it stars Grace Kelly. Um, again, Grace Kelly is my real association with Monaco. But um, you know, it was a big playground of the rich and famous, and the fact that it had a ruling family only added to its luster and appeal. Um,
1: right, and I think because so few people from outside Monaco maybe go there. I mean, it's not not very big at all, it's basically only Monte Carlo and a few outlying areas, Um, you know, it kind of retains its mystique in that way. It's, you know, it's like the Vatican, right? You're like, why does this exist? Like, it's just kind of an oddity. Um, So we are going to be talking about Monaco today. Um, Speaking of Grace Kelly, Princess Stephanie is the youngest child of Grace Kelly and Prince uh, Rainier, is that how you say it? Rainier? Um, Rainier, I think. Rainier, yeah, maybe. So she's their youngest of three. Her siblings are Caroline and Albert, who is the current prince of Monaco. And she's kind of the wild child of this family. They're known as the Monegasque royal family. Uh, Might be Monegasque, I'm not sure. It's definitely probably got some French flair that I can't pull off. Um, And she's really living the life of a wealthy, minor European royal, which, to be quite honest, sounds like the life that Harry wants. Like, you have this stature of being royal, you have all the privilege that comes with it, but you, like, have almost no responsibility because you're coming from a principality, half the world doesn't care about you, and, like, the press pretty much probably just leaves you alone. So she's kind of taken advantage of this, I think. Like, she's had fashion and singing careers, she had all three of her children out of wedlock and like basically appears to do what she wants. If I was thinking about like if Princess Anne is like the cool kid of like the British of like the British royals of like Queen Elizabeth's children, like Stephanie is definitely like Monaco's, but her life is way more eventful, like, and tabloid friendly than just like Princess Rides Horses, you know? It's like she's getting out in the world and making waves in a way. For example, some headlines I found. Most of these come from People Magazine, or all of them. So this might give you a sense of the tone of which the press is writing about her life. Um, So this is 1987, which is five years after the death of Grace Kelly. And it says, five years later, what would Grace say? And, like, I think Caroline had had a baby, and, like, Albert's probably, I don't know what he's doing, and, like, Stephanie's just, like, gallivanting around Don't forget
0: Albert had, like, three or four children out of wedlock. I didn't know that. Oh, he has, he has like, I want to say at least, maybe it's like two or three. He had more than one illegitimate child. It seems fair to say the Monegasque family is like,
1: at least the kids were a little more lenient about this, like, getting married thing. Speaking of that, her headline from 1992 is Single, Royal, and Pregnant, um, which is weirdly over a photo of her with her, like, then fiancé, so... It, it's not quite as, like, shocking as the headline would make it sound. Um, and then also, 1996, trouble in Monaco. Caroline loses her hair. Stephanie dumps her husband. So th- this family's getting up to some stuff, um, and Stephanie more than most. And not all of it is her fault. So I want to point out by saying we are talking, taking a light tone towards like this woman who has been a magnet for gossip headlines pretty much her whole life. But some of these stories are actually really tragic, and I would imagine that living through them is not, was not easy and would do a lot to kind of maybe disillusion you to a life that you're born into, or like maybe make you realize like all of these strictures and rules and everything, like they just don't really matter. And I, it kind of seems like she's lived her life that way. So in 1982, Um, She and her mother, Grace Kelly, are driving back to Monaco from their French farmhouse in the countryside, and they got in a terrible accident. Um, Grace actually dies the next day, and Stephanie suffers a fractured vertebrae in her neck, so she is seriously injured as well. It's officially confirmed that her mother had suffered a stroke while driving, leading to the accident. But these persistent rumors are circulating that actually that's a cover-up and, and Stephanie had actually been behind the wheel. So the family doesn't want to admit that she was behind the wheel and killed her mother. Um, and by implication, killed Grace Kelly, right? Like this mis- mystical like movie goddess who became a real-life princess. That's um, terrible. So she's having to deal with being injured. She's grieving her mother and at the same time she's being blamed in the gossip for her mother's death and she's only 17 at the time so this is like her first brush with like malicious gossip and it's terrible like I can't imagine being 17 grieving your mother and then having everybody blame you for her death and you're trying to work through your feelings of having witnessed your mother's death being injured yourself and, like, processing why everybody thinks you're supposedly to blame. It, it could not have been easy. And I think even before this, she was known to be, like, the wild child of the family. Like, I think that's how her mother referred to her. Like, you know, she's the youngest and she's rambunctious and independent. And, you know, that probably led to some of this gossip of, like, oh, the young one finally caused problems and killed her mother. Like, I could imagine the press salivating over that kind of story, but it doesn't appear to be remotely true. Hmm. So that's the first phase. Ten years later, she makes another wave of headlines that are definitely due to her own actions. So, she begins a relationship with her bodyguard, um, a man called Daniel Dupre, I think. Um, And at the time they start dating, he is no longer actually working officially as her bodyguard, um, but he had been for a while. So, That's clearly how they met while he was on her her bodyguard service. And sometime later, they start a romantic relationship. And not only do they do that, but they end up having two children um, in the years that they're together. And they finally marry in 1995 in a small ceremony in Monaco Town Hall. Um, But they get divorced a year later after Daniel is photographed with now get this, this is a woman, I forget her name because I don't think her name is the important part, it's her title that I think is really the kicker, Miss Bare Breasts of Belgium, 1995.
0: Oh, that's that's unfortunate. Oh no. Yes.
1: And he claims it's a setup, but when he returns to Monaco, the marriage is over. So they're only together for four years, but they have two children in the interim and, in fact, she had to campaign really hard for her father's approval of the marriage. He didn't want to allow it to happen. He didn't think it was an appropriate match for her, but then, you know, they've got two children, and then her father's suffering some health issues, so I think he just decides, you know what, like, let's let her get married and be happy, and at that point, their two children are included in the line of succession. Unfortunately, they get divorced a year later, but, you know, she did marry him, and then Soon after that, she actually had another relationship resulting in a third child, um, but as she never married the father, that daughter, she's not actually um, included in the line of succession. Hmm. So at this point, she's got three kids, okay? So in 2001, she quite literally runs away with the circus. <laughs> <laughs> what? So she becomes romantically involved with another man who happens to be married. But beyond that, he's also an elephant trainer in a, in a circus, and she moves her three kids into his circus caravan.
0: Oh, no, really?
1: Yes. Um, the relationship, though, didn't last, and a year later, she and the kids returned to Monaco. But then, in 2003... She marries a different member of the same circus, a Portuguese acrobat. And they got divorced a year later. She has eclectic taste. She really does. And I. the thing that really got me is, like, this is where I was, like, this is why, you know, I think the initial gossip about her is, like, really malicious, really unfair. And the bodyguard stuff is, like, you know, people fall in love with who they fall in love with. And it's probably a juicy story. Like, youngest Monaco royal, like, falls in love with a commoner who happens to be employed by, you know, her family, etc., etc. They're having two kids out of wedlock. You know, that's, that's all whatever. But the circus thing, I was like, God, like, she just does not care. Like, because can you imagine, like, living that life of being like, you know what, kids, we're going to go live in the circus for a while. And then to have that relationship end and then decide, oh, I met this other man in the circus. I think I'll marry him and then divorce a year later. Oh, she's definitely searching for something.
0: I think so. Something elusive.
1: You know, honestly, like, I don't have any headlines after this because she seems to have mostly settled down, raised her kids. I think she might have remarried at some point, but she's just doing good, like, philanthropy, like, living a quiet life and, you know, just not making waves, but... There's definitely a 20-year period here where, I mean, she lived a life, I'll say that. And, and and not only that, like a life that you would not expect, you know, okay, you read this headline, like, woman gets involved with married elephant trainer, also <laughs> happens to be princess of Monaco. Like, you don't expect those two things to go together, you know? And her mother is Grace Kelly. And her mother is Grace Kelly, yeah. that's So that's why you're seeing the headlines of, like, what would Grace think, and, you know, all of this, and you know, people loves a good royal headline, but um, yeah, I thought some of these were really interesting. And you know, we're not talking about like her full bio here, but like, this is definitely a woman who for a time lived in the gossip eye, but like, it didn't seems seem to also shy be away from decisions. it, exactly like, making decisions that would seem to invite this kind of press scrutiny. Like, well, she's I- definitely not living her life in a careful way. And so I, feel- I I was thinking of her as like a foil to Princess Anne where Anne we talked about kind of had an attitude that seems refreshing of like well this is what it is and I'm just going to kind of go about my life but she's still going about her life in this very proper refined constrained way right like she she's doing royal duties but she's also doing like pursuing her own own interests but those interests are like becoming an Olympic equestrian you know it's not inviting scandal I mean like eventually yes there's some scandal like with divorce and all of that but not at this scale at all and I I really think I admire this woman who just like lived her life the way she wanted so
0: I think it's really interesting and it's funny because I feel like the how do you say it Monegasque? Monegasque. Yeah. royal family Are just I'm assuming it rhymes with Basque. Okay, that makes sense. Are are just like prone to these like crazy gossip stories because I remember when Prince Albert got married to the South African Olympic swimmer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a very by all accounts a very accomplished woman. But on their wedding day, she's like sobbing the whole time, and the rumors were that she tried to flee Monaco. And they, like, seized her passport and forced her to go through with the wedding. Now, here's the thing. I don't believe that. But I think the press there certainly leans towards the fantastical um, interpretation. So I can only imagine how just insane it was when Stephanie ran away with the circus.
1: And also, they remind me a lot of the Kennedys in a way and like they get all this attention but they also have these like tragic things that happen so like Grace Kelly dies in a tragic car accident Caroline's husband actually died in a boating accident um you know Stephanie was in the accident with her mother and had to witness that it's the Kennedys just had two people die
0: in a horrible accident they did yes But like, it's just like I have to wonder if there's like witches out there cursing these families I don't Not know to make light that. of it, like, I'm just saying. Like, in the that Kennedys' family... case, I think
1: it a lot of it comes from it's a large family. You have a lot of people. Things happen to people. I think there's also
0: they're also engaging in like the like leisurely risky, activities,
1: right? Like they're engaging in their their version of fun. Invites a certain element of risk, right? Like you're going boating, you're flying a plane, like you're skiing in the woods. Like these are high risk activities. You know you're you're engaging in in high-risk behavior, and if you do it enough with enough of a sense of, like, invincibility and privilege, like, things can happen. And maybe that's what's happening here, right? Like, she's living her life in a sense of privilege and just letting things happen to her and, like, not really thinking too much about the consequences because there aren't any, right? Like, I mean, this is also really struck me. is like, this is a woman who uprooted her kids and moved them into a circus caravan, has two intense relationships with circus members for two years and does all of this, and, like, there's no consequences, right? Like, she can run away with the circus and then just return back home to royal life. So it's 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 interesting, in a way, to, like, see someone living with, like, complete abandon but know that they have, like, such a safety net at their disposal at the same time. Which I think is why we like to talk about them, right? Is because, like, it's so fascinating to see someone living that way, but also it's a safe... It's a, it's safe to view it from a distance because, like, you can watch this, like, slow-motion wreck happen, but, like, you don't also have to worry about them at the same time, so you don't have to feel bad about
0: watching it. I'm sure normally they live in very nice accommodations. I wonder how that went over, moving into a circus caravan, which is essentially, yeah. like, moving into an Airstream trailer is what I'm picturing.
1: Yeah, and, like, also, I didn't really look too much into the specifics. Like, did they really move into the caravan? Were they just visiting the caravan sometimes? Did and she staying? roll up
0: with, like, her royal airstream that's, like, tricked out?
1: Yeah, and what do we mean by the circus? Is it, like, a Ringling Brothers kind of thing? Is it, like, a, you know, a local operation? Like, I don't know. So it could mean any kind of thing, but I, I'm assuming if there's elephants, it's a big operation, so... <laughs>
0: That's pretty good. I see. This is the kind of stuff that I want to cover. We would never cover this normally.
1: No. Maybe as a footnote, if we talked about, like, Grace Kelly, which maybe we will one day. But, yeah, I, I mean, and, you know, I feel like that generation definitely had some stories. And, and you know what also struck me while I was reading about this is she could never get away with that today. Because uh, can you imagine doing all of these things that I've talked about in the age of social media and, no. like, this constant gossip and news cycle, like, it would, it, as oppressive as it might have felt at the time, like, I would imagine it would be even more so now. So I think it's definitely a gossip relic of its era, for sure.
0: Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So that's Princess so, Stephanie and her scandalous That's the life. very
1: abridged version of the life of Princess mm-hmm. Stephanie, mm-hmm. or at least the highlights. These are definitely the items that might appear in her obituary, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Okay. Right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to think of another topic for next time. Um, who knows in if two we weeks. get over... Well, if we get overzealous, maybe we'll drop two in one week. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I really want to reiterate, we are not on a schedule.
1: <laughs> no, not at this time. Not I at all. I spend
0: all day yesterday thinking it was thursday and then i spent all day today thinking it was wednesday so i have lost all and i'm working from home full time i just have lost all semblance of time i had the same thing happen to me so i overheard
1: my roommate today talking about oh i can't believe it's not friday and i had like a split second where i was like it's not friday and i knew i knew that it wasn't friday but for like a split second i doubted myself because i just like don't have there's no change. Like, you can't mark the passage of time because every day is the same. Right. All right, well, we will be back at some point with more retro gossip.
0: Yes. Until then, Until stay then. safe. Monarchast is
1: produced by me, Ali, And me, Claire. And our logo is by Ryan Cooney. If you like our episodes and want to give us a shout out, please rate or review us on iTunes or Google Play or whatever your preferred method of podcast listening is.
0: We really appreciate it.